Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. News and stuff right after this. Here we go. We're coming down the wire, getting programs recorded for Southwest Radio Church, getting things ready for the, oh, share at WHCB 91.5. Have you volunteered yet? Have you been praying about how you're going to help keep Christian radio on the air in the Tri-City area of Tennessee, Eastern Tennessee? Oh, let's do it. And I'm not sure why I'm so excited, but Dr. Coffey and I have been doing some great programs on the Invisible War on the Saints. we got some new eight-minute segments coming up in the near future. And, of course, we've been featuring him on Watchmen on the Wall. The guy uh, has spiritual insight into a number of areas. He's been helping one gal with DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder. It can be a problem, but that's what we're doing, my friend. We've come to heal the brokenhearted, set the captive free. What are we doing all this for anyway? Again, I thank you for being a part of Greg Patton Ministries, listening to Hello World, telling others about the program, and supporting us. Just so grateful knowing you're around. What in the world is going on? Do you think he's right? A four-star Air Force general said Friday in a memo with his officers that the United States will be at war with China by 2025 and advised his commanders to prepare for that. General Mike Millihan, head of the Air Mobility Command, in a memo to all wing commanders and other Air Force operational commanders said, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. My gut tells me we're going to be in a fight by 2025. He said he believes war with China is just imminent in the next two years. Due to the upcoming 2024 elections in the United States and Taiwan, which he claimed will distract Washington and Taipei and enable China to make a move on that island. The general said in a fortified, ready, integrated and agile joint Air Force maneuver team ready to fight and win inside the first island chain needs to be established and prepared for a looming fight by 2025. China, United States. World War? Gee, and this is one of those I-wish-it-hadn't-happened type stories. A Texas police chief, actually Galveston, Texas, is on leave today after a SWAT team raided the wrong house. That happened earlier this month while searching for a teenager who was, oh, falsely accused of murder. Galveston police chief Doug Malley was placed on 10-day administrative leave while... The city of Galveston is doing a separate investigation into the lapse of communication that led to that rape. Wouldn't that be awful? Well, let me start this story with the, where's my gun? Mayor Eric Adams, he's the mayor of New York City. He's forced all of its employees into a radical, radical, critical race theory inspired training program. Really? So what is that all about? The mandatory training program was sent to all New York City employees with a March 6th deadline now. The training provides that all NYC employees with a framework to understand the importance of racial equality in the workplace. The controversial lens expressed in the training is called critical race theory, which holds that America is and was always structurally racist. CRT adds that the U.S. was designed from the start to systematically oppress minority groups in order to uphold a system of power for the dominant culture of white racial groups. Blah, 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 blah. Where's my... Oh, uh, never mind. 
It was a big one. Three alarms at a Connecticut-based egg farm requiring more than 100 firefighters from at least 16 nearby firehouses to extinguish the blaze. Authorities say that that fire, which plagued a 50-foot-wide, 600-feet-long chicken coop on Swartz Road at Hill and Dale Farms, took five hours to extinguish, resulted in the death of 100,000 egg-laying chickens. Wow. Many think something very strange is happening in all of this. Early in January, the Bureau of Labor indicated that its Consumer Price Index report for December showed that the cost of eggs was one of the leading drivers of increase in the food index. The BLS data showed eggs increased 60% year over year and saw an 11.1% jump in November. One farm group has blamed the soaring egg cost on collusive schemes by major egg suppliers. It's gone as far as asking the Federal Trade Commission to investigate. In a letter to the FTC, a farmer's advocacy group called Farm Action asked the FTC chief to investigate any foul play among the major egg suppliers. There have been a lot of fires at egg farms in the last year. Well, what do you know, Joe? Still trying to destroy America, are you? The Biden administration waging war on America's leading job creators, that's the word. The latest suit against Google may have grabbed headlines this past week, but it's just one of the many, many assaults on America's economy by two government agencies, the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, the DOJ, Department of Justice. In the past eight months, unelected, radical bureaucrats leading these agencies have attempted to block the growth of or completely break up America's leading businesses. If the Biden administration succeeds in limiting growth or outright shattering them as they're trying to do, it's going to be even more job losses for America. We're going down the toilet here. So how about this? America, a nation in decline? Absolutely. Here's a story by former Seattle City Council candidate Ari Hoffman. Seattle is a city in decline. Same thing. It's obsessed with equity, the centerpiece of diversity equity, and inclusion, or the DEI. Once lovely, once livable, the Emerald City has lost its shine. The word equity looms large, even in Seattle. And the magazine there, where I worked as a freelance writer more than a decade ago, says this woman, in the current issue, a social justice activist is being celebrated, celebrated as one of Seattle's most influential people for her role in the defund the police movement as murders increased 25% in 2022. Under the banner of equity, the Seattle City Council in 2021 cut the police budget $36 million. Today, the SPD, the staffing levels there, are at an alarming 30-year low, with 400 officers leaving in the last three years. Get alive here. Wake up, people. As a Seattle native and daughter of hardworking Greek immigrants who sacrificed everything for their children, I no longer recognize my pristine home of my youth. Well, that's America, too. I no longer recognize her. That no America, a flood of evil. What's happening down in Memphis? Citing the heinous actions of a few people, the city's police department has disbanded the Scorpion unit after videos several of his officers brutally beating Diabry Nichols, who died three days later, was released on Friday. That was awful. 
Scorpion, which stands for Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace to Our Neighborhoods, was intended to focus on certain high-crime areas of Memphis. Five former officers have been charged with murder. In the death of Nichols, talk about a needle in a haystack. Authorities are frantic in Western Australia. They're combing the desert there to locate a very tiny but highly radioactive capsule that was lost. The capsule seems to have fallen off a truck that was transporting it from a mine in northern parts of Western Australia to a suburb of Perth, the region's largest city. Finding it won't be simple. The route, 870 miles long. The capsule, the size of a penny. Wow. And this little poll won't surprise anyone today. More and more Americans every day are naming the government as the nation's top problem in the Gallup's latest poll, which encompassed the rocky start of the 118th Congress. With the high prices continuing to persist, inflation remains the second most cited problem. And amid elevated tensions about the southern U.S. border, illegal immigration edged up three percentage points, up to 11% now. Mentions of the economy in general fell six points to 10%, the lowest of the year. I think most of us would agree with that. The Christian poll, biggest problem is we've turned away from God. People need to be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I like it. Oh, great. Another... Where's my gun story? A dog found cemented into a sidewalk in Florida for days, now recovering after suffering from a number of problems. The dog discovered stuck in Boca Raton, Florida last week. Given its poor condition, the animal shelter believes the pooch had been there for days, left to die. The smell was unbearable, they said. No way a dog could have ended up like this overnight. How long is he going to go on? How long does he have? Did we get him in time? Those were the questions. They named him Trooper. His rescuers shaving him down, maggots coming out, overgrown nails. Wow, the bill already $2,500 to save this animal. We love our pets, and how we treat our animals is a lot how we treat humans, and this is the story of America, I think. All kinds of shampoo baths are trying to save this thing. It's got paralysis, heart murmurs, ulcers, and large prostate worms. Wow, ear infects, all kinds of things. They asked for help from the public. You did it. $16,000 to the door so far. But again, what kind of a person would... Okay. And this is from Hello World's Everything Else Department. February, Black History Month, began Wednesday. Groundhog Day. It's on Thursday. Or maybe Friday or Saturday or... Oh, who knows? No football games this Sunday. How horrible, huh? They're going to have a Super Bowl coming up. Philadelphia, Kansas City, rah, rah, rah. It was a biggie, the first one anyway. Filming of the sequel to The Passion of the Christ is set to begin this spring. The Passion of the Christ Resurrection is going to focus on the days immediately following Jesus Christ's crucifixion. Finally, who said that? Who asked the question, how much of an allowance... Did you get as a teenager every week? Me? I was allowed to live there. And this one will stop, make you think. John the Baptist fully obeyed God. Oh, yes, he did. And yet God still allowed him to be beheaded. Pleasing God must be its own reward, my friend. He owes you nothing.
Old timers, listen up. When I was a youngster, I didn't have a laptop, didn't have an iPad, Facebook, none of that stuff. But I had real friends. They were true. And I had hours of fun in a place called Outside. And one more that'll really make you think. You know, as we grow older, real beauty travels from the face to the heart. Appeal turns to charm, hurt to wisdom, and great moments to shared memories. The true beauty of life is not how happy you are now, but how happy others are because of you. That's great. Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this important message. Well, I've been jumping on this bandwagon a lot recently. You gotta stick to this stuff. Are you serious? Prove you're serious. Those five steps that we talk to you about frequently that makes the Christian strong from reading your Bible every day, praying every day, especially for others, serving mankind in and out of the local church every day, uh, fellowshipping with believers, solid Bible-believing, church-going believers I'm talking about, and then attending a good church, that's vital. Dr. Cotton and I are talking about defeat of the Christian and demonic problems, mental ill, a number of things. Uh, this is kind of it. And I think it's true for the church as well as somebody who has demonic problems. And we have worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in this area that you need to be in a good Bible-believing church if you have problems. You need to be into the Word every day. You need to be close to whoever's trying to help you in counsel and getting you out of that deep hole you may be in today. That is vital. Not doing those things, you will last about two weeks and we start all over again. That's why there's so many that, oh, on fire for the Lord one day, in the pits and defeat the next day. Christian, it's important. It is Bible teaching. Get in the Bible. Get in prayer. Get around other Christians who can help you in your victory in Jesus. It's so very, very important. Well, I don't do it much anymore. I used to do it all the time. Stop and wonder why am I so emotional? Hard for me to get through a Sunday without a tear. Yesterday, no different. I was telling the church about a deathbed experience this past week at a local hospital. A woman called, asked me, come see her. She had been in the church over 20 years ago, and she'd been in a couple of different churches. One of the preacher, preacher Pat, and to come be with her, prayed over her. Went there and visited another lady in her 90s, drawing her last few breaths. Prayed for God's angels to come get her, and both occasions, yeah, tearful. Had a good friend of mine who just lost his wife. She wasn't all that old, and Alzheimer's set in early and cried over that one. Are you an emotional person? I really am. I can seldom get through a message once or twice during that message of crying someplace. I've thought about this so many times. Our emotions exert a, well, a really powerful influence over our lives, do they not? We hear about people being ruled by their emotions, caught up in their emotions, and even, well, I guess they say lost in our emotions. Sometimes our emotional drives can be healthy, such as a new husband's loving desire to care for and protect his wife. Other times, however, our emotions take a a really negative turn, and they work against our lives of faith and usefulness in the kingdom of Almighty God. 
When we talk about emotions, we've got to realize that we do have a choice in life. Either our emotions will be in control of us or we're going to be in control of them. When we allow ourselves to be governed by our emotions, the results will be painful and sometimes devastating to our lives. Negative emotions place us in bondage. Bondage to anger, bondage to fear, bondage to resentment, hostility, lust, of course. How about jealousy, uncertainty, unforgiveness? That's, that's just a few when we talk about emotions. The heartbreaking fact is that most people are never even aware that they've been enslaved by this feeling or feelings in their life. The truth is, if emotions were visible, you would see people walking around with a tremendous amount of baggage being strapped to their backs. This baggage weighs heavily on their hearts, leaving them frustrated, stealing joy, peace, contentment from their lives. No Christian wants that. Not realizing the damage that is being done here, many people continue to go about their daily life with this emotional baggage firmly attached to their backs. And well, over time, these destructive feelings can become rooted in their personalities. If, for example, you lovingly stepped in and tried to relieve some of their load, they may feel as though a part of themselves were just missing. You stole something from them. If they've lived with unforgiveness or anger or maybe bitterness for a long period of time, they may simply not know how to live without these things in their life. Therefore, they continue on in their lives of bondage. Obviously, this is not the life that God wants for us. He created us to exist for joy and contentment, even in the midst of all kinds of trouble, adversity, trial. Bondage of any kind is contrary to His perfect will for your life. I think it says in John 8:36, proclaiming, If the Son makes you free, Son, S-O-N, if the Son makes you free, you're going to be free indeed. Likewise, the Apostle Paul instructs, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. So God doesn't want it for your life. That's Galatians 5.1, by the way. Our emotions are a beautiful gift from the Lord Jesus Christ. However, because we live in a sinful world, that gift can be misused and abused as we interact with others. It is my prayer that you begin to see the beauty of your God-given emotions as you learn to set down that unhealthy baggage of negative feelings in your life. Let me say this. Unfortunately, emotions are often seen in a negative light. Sure they are. This is certainly not surprising considering the pain and the anguish brought on by feelings that you have doubt, that you fear, lust and jealousy, hostility. When we allow our emotions to really take control, you're in big trouble, my friend. However, God did not intend for us to be governed by this. He gave them to us to enrich our lives. And while negative emotions tear you down, positive ones work to energize your life, give you strength, enable you to do whatever God has called you to do in this old world. When thinking about the amazing impact of positive emotions, I'm almost drawn to the life-changing feeling of godly confidence which empowers us to face life with a rock-solid faith in Almighty God. He is in control, is He not? Confidence is a bold belief that drives out fear, drives out doubt and anxiety. And once that worry has been removed from your life, what's left? An unshakable sense of assurance, that's what's left. 
Is this the quality that enables us to weather the storms? Absolutely. Bring it on. Tornadoes, hurricanes of life's troubles. Because we know our firm foundation of Jesus Christ cannot and will not ever be shaken. The Apostle Paul is a wonderful example of someone who forged through life with an unwavering faith in God's ability to overcome any trouble, any obstacle in my way. God can take care of that. This was a man who underwent many, many trying times, did he not? He regularly faced imprisonment, persecution, endless travels, public debates, personal insults. Oh, it all came Paul's way. However, throughout it all, Paul held tightly to a lesson learned through faith and experience. What was that? He explains it there in Philippians 4, 11 and 12. He said, I have learned to be content. Have you learned that? I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I in. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity in any and every circumstance. What? Any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. He continues in verse 13 with the cornerstone of this confidence, and I'm sure you've memorized this or you have applied this verse said it many times, I can do all things through him, that's Jesus Christ, who strengthens me. Wow, what a bold statement. How is it that Paul, who, by the way, wrote the letter to the Philippians from a Roman prison cell in the worst of conditions, how did he have the audacity to claim to have the ability to do all things? Wow. We're going to talk more about this on the next program, but And we'll begin by looking at what Paul is not saying. He doesn't say that he has the ability to do absolutely anything he wants to do in life. That's not what it says. And also, he does not say that God has given him full authority to decide what should and should not be done. No, no. Paul never separates what he can do from his relationship with God. Instead, he means, I can do, and God will enable me to do. I can work, and God will enable me to work. I can speak, and God will enable me to speak. Whatever God led Paul to do, he knew that God would also empower him to do it. So Paul would never say, I can handle whatever comes up. Nope, didn't say that. Instead, he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And God intends for every one of his children, you, to approach life with this same confidence. Aren't you glad you're saved today? Aren't you glad that God is in control? Aren't you glad that God can do all things and you can do it through Jesus Christ? To God be the glory. Give him all the praise and all the honor, my friend. Finally, one guy said he made his dog real mad over the weekend, took him camping. He just sat there staring at the fire. I realized my dog loves sticks. I was burning a giant pile of all his toys. (laughs) And I know everybody who knows me will get this one. One thing no one ever talks about is when it comes to being an adult is how much time we debate keeping a cardboard box because it's, you know, it's a really good box. (laughs) The basement's full of them here. That's it. Had my say for another day. Hey, I'm looking for you.
Are you there yet on my Facebook? One of my Facebook friends. Why not? I could be praying for you today. Get in touch. Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. Thanks so much for being there. Praying for us. We're praying for you. Greg Patton Ministries, The Cross Church, and this local Christian radio station brings you this program every day at this time. And that's the way it is. Monday, January 30th, 2023. I'm Greg Patton. God bless. Have a great day.